Uh, we're beginning a, a new series this morning um, called uh, Make All Things New, Making All Things New. And we're going to focus over the next uh, four weeks on these resurrection appearances, uh, first to Mary this morning, and then Thomas and Peter, and then John, the, the writer of this gospel. Uh, I heard someone say one time that um, we can't make too much of the death of Jesus Christ, but we can't make too little about the resurrection either. And a lot of times uh, we as churches will we'll, we'll usher in um, uh, Easter Sunday with a kind of a champagne cork kind of pop to it. And then uh, the next couple of weeks, you know, uh, not focus the way that we could on how the resurrection impacts our life, how we experience the resurrection of Christ. So I want to look at Mary this morning, how the resurrection makes all things new for her, but also for us. And I think the thing that stands out to me as I've been uh, exploring uh, these resurrection appearances is that the resurrection, first and foremost, uh, Jesus prior to prioritizes his time with, with relationships. He doesn't go to anybody new. He goes to people that have been following him, that have loved him all the way, and even betrayed him, right? He shows up to them too. Mary is one of those that has loved him all the way, all the way to the cross, and now all the way to the grave to really to, to, to bring spices and to uh, care for his body maybe for the last time. She's come with other women. The, the stone is rolled away. The, um, the guards are gone. And his body is not to be found. And all she can think of is somebody has stolen him. Somebody has uh, uh, added more insult to an injured heart. And she is beside herself. Uh, the other disciples, uh, Peter and John, have already come and left, and now she is alone. It, see, it appears as even um, the women that she came with have, have left as well. And, and there, she, there she sits, um, just wondering what has happened, uh, you know, what next, and she looks into the tomb again, which is really interesting to me. She knows that there is nothing there, right? But she does it anyway. Why? She loves him. She loves him. And, and, and this time she sees two angels. And, and, and the scriptures say that they appear at the, uh, the head of where he was laying and also at the foot. And... Um, I think the reason she sees these in her pain and her suffering uh, is because the heaven is, is really trying to uh, draw faith in this moment. The, the picture that where you see angels uh, at kind of the, the head and foot of something in the scriptures is, is uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And so in some way heaven is... is is, is uh, dramatizing this moment to say that the, the mercy seat, the sacrifice where, uh, where the community is made new is now here in this burial site where Jesus' body is missing. 
And she can't possibly put all that together right now, but looking back, she will. And the angels are speaking to her. And they're, they're asking questions of why you're crying, not to squash faith, but to arouse faith. Because Mary is, she, she doesn't believe that he's raised from the dead in this moment. She thinks he has been stolen, and she doesn't even recognize him, right? What does she say? She thinks that he's the gardener. And there we're given a clue about what God is up to in this moment, because the beginning of the Bible talks about a garden. This moment of resurrection and new life and a new world also begins with a garden. We know that she loves him, as all the disciples have. But I think what heaven and these angels are trying to draw out is that love has to be coupled with faith. Love has to be coupled with faith. There's a verse in Proverbs 8:17 that says, "I love them that love me, and those that seek me early find me." There's this glimmer of hope. There's this glimmer that 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 uh, in res- in this resurrected life we will find and be found in Jesus. She thinks he's been taken away. She thinks she's been, he's been taken away. And, and Jesus asks the same question that the, that the angels ask. Why are you crying? But this time he says something that he's only said one other time in John's gospel. And that's when he calls his first disciples. He says, uh, what are you looking for? Do you remember that? And they come and stay. Uh, Jesus comes and stays with them a while. And he says that to her. What is he doing? The same as the angels, drawing faith, call a call, a, a, the same invitation to discipleship. She's almost mirroring uh, the woman at the well who doesn't know who she's speaking with. And so as the sun is rising on this day, it's almost like a, a dimmer switch of her heart and faith that's also rising. The angels speaking, Jesus inviting her. And we see something that um, I think God does in all of our lives, that God happens to us in ways that we need. We don't get, we don't come to faith all at once. Some do. But for a lot of us, it's like a dimmer switch, right? It's a series of, of questions that only God can answer and only ways that God can meet and see our needs, I love what St. Augustine says. He says, I, 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 when, I, when it comes to God, I can't look directly into the light, but I can look and see where the light has fallen. And, and I think Mary is in that place too. She, she doesn't clearly see Jesus in, the, in this moment. She thinks he's the gardener. And, and when he says her name, she calls out to him and calls him teacher. She doesn't say Lord she doesn't say savior, she says teacher. And that's about where the light is falling for her at the moment. Remember, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd who knows my sheep by name and they respond to my voice. Mary is responding to God, responding to Jesus with the light she has. 
That's what John Wesley would say. What are we accountable for, not just in this life, but someday when we see God face to face? We're going to be held accountable for the the grace we know, the grace that we've experienced, how we've responded positively to God's grace in our life. When Jesus uh, says her name, it's even uh, deeper than just Mary. He uses this ancient Hebrew name, Miriam. Miriam was the, the sister of, of Moses who broke into song with, the, with all the Israelite people as they made their way through the Red Sea and out the other side. He's calling to her in such a way because he has gone through death and out the other side and is alive. He's speaking to deeper needs and places in her life than, 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 than she can maybe even accept herself. But he's drawing her in. He's drawing faith out. It's not just love. It's coupled with faith. And then Jesus says some pretty tough words, doesn't he? He says, don't hold on to me. Don't break any bottles of perfume over my head. Don't cry at my feet. Don't hold on to me. He says, instead, go to my brothers, and I would add sisters and children, all those people that were celebrating the, uh, the Passover meal in the upper room, go to all of them and tell them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Jesus picks up on this language from, 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 uh, from Ruth and Naomi, the sense that, you know, this isn't just about you, Mary, this is about us that where you're going, they will be. Stay within the mystery. I I love in these moments that these resurrection moments are so different from each other. He doesn't show any nail print hands. He doesn't say, touch my side like like, uh, Thomas and the the ten. She's not behind locked doors. She's out in the open, Right? There are no authorities. There are no other women with her. She reminds us that we have to keep our eyes peeled for Jesus. She she reminds us that we, we need to keep our ears pitched for God calling our names. So what is she going back to tell the disciples? She's going back to say that God has met us in the garden again. It may not look like Eden, but he's shown up. That there's a new creation that has begun. She's going back to them to say that he's, he's, it's not that he has come back to his old life. He has called us to go into a new life with him. Here, today, now. I have seen the Lord, she says. She's saying to them that he really is alive, that he really is the Messiah we thought he was, that he is what he said he is, that God's new creation has begun, and that we have work to do We have service 
to do to one another. There's a new identity that we have to do it with. That the world is a different place because not only is Jesus raised from the dead, we are raised with him through faith. And we are called as witnesses to this resurrection to make it known, to see things happen that only God can do, and to find ourselves remade in the process. Let us pray together. God, we thank you for raising your son Jesus Christ from the dead. And in his raising, he has raised us up to be a family that never existed before until the cross in an empty grave found us. God, may our love be coupled with faith today. God, may we respond positively to the delight that is falling all around us. May we be drawn in as a continuation of these resurrection stories in our day, not just on these pages, but in our lifetime. Help us to celebrate those moments. Help us to stay a little longer like Mary within the mystery. Help us to live into this new life that you have called us to, that you are drawing us to, that you have invited us to. And may we do it as a community, as a family, with abundant grace in our wake. It's in Jesus' name we all pray saying, amen and amen. I'm